It's a new episode, baby. Oh we back. God, we back. And we back. And we back. And we back. It's been a while, mate. Oh, man. How we, long has it been? And we still out here, though. We still We've been hustling. We could call this a new season if you want to. Season two. Season two. It's a bit like season eight of Game of Thrones. Oh, my God. Heard about that. Oh, my God. I've, I've heard about it. I've seen about it. Have you seen the two episodes? The two episodes of season eight. I, I have watched it. You know, They've I been think- all right. I need to stay updated this is with the disclaimer, guys. There's not going to be any spoilers here. Just because you heard the Game of Thrones theme tune at the start doesn't mean you're going to be getting we are some no spoilers. spoilers. We are. This episode contains no Game of Thrones or Avengers Endgame spoilers. The only spoilers you're going to get are these six spoilers on the back of our convertibles. Ah, yes. And Painted on that yellow. note, we will end Felix's terrible jokes. Mm-hmm. And we will no, continue we with only... Only very, very good remarks about what has been happening in the world, what has been happening in our lives, and what is going to happen in the future. Because as you know, this is the only podcast in the entire world, in the whole world, in the entire world, the whole world. that predicted back in September that Ajax was going to win. <laughs> Ajax was going to win the Champions oh League, God. and we we take a lot of pride in that. And Ajax wins the World Cup. I think it really shows our ability to look into the future and already tell you what's going to happen. Um, you know what's you know what's weird though? This is technically Ajax's sixth knockout game. Getting sixes. Oh my god. Illuminati confirmed. And the six that is means, everywhere. That means we're gonna beat Spurs six nil on aggregate. At oh, least. Oh my god. At least. We told Gonna Tad- be six six. Does Tadic know about this? Yeah, I think he's gonna miss a penalty on purpose when it's oh. already six nil. Oh my god. On that note, you know Tadic, man, he's been involved in more than 50 goals this season. What? Ajax has the most goals in the entire world. Bro, those season. are Messi numbers. Yeah, but they've been playing so many games as well, man. Yeah, but you know Messi doesn't play Excelsior. Exactly. Yeah, that's a bit different. The only true man play FCM in a way. Yeah, man. <laughs> only true man. Fortuna Sittard. That's, For, a, that's Fortuna a tough fixture, that's, man. That's where, that's you where go there, you know you're getting abuse from those fans. Oh. Die hard. That's where you make the friends as well, you know. When the you away go games. there, when you go there, on the bus. That's what my dad always said. My Rory, I say, ad. That's that's where you make. <laughs> that's where you make the friends. That's where the boys are. <laughs> that's where you make your friends. But yeah, mate, that's been pretty mad. It's uh, been an, it's, it's it's been a pleasure to experience it in the sea. You can. Um, I feel very privileged. You can feel the the vibe has been very good. Of course, after the Juventus, uh, after the Juventus win the party on on Leipzig, plan uh, mostly was uh, was very very good. And yeah, everywhere in the city, of course, uh, you can really feel how how much is it is really something everybody is thinking about. And it's insane. Like I was on the ferry yesterday with that guy. Who was I was watching the United game on his phone. Yeah. And we started talking about Ajax. And I was like, "Do you watch the game?" And he looked at me like I was a dickhead. Like, of course, I watch the game. Right? I'm, like, I'm alive. <laughs> the best night of the whole month. Like, <laughs> I'm alive. You know? And I was like, "Man, the the next games, it's already in six days." It's this Tuesday. Yeah, it feels like I've barely recovered from the last one. And we're already preparing for the next one. Yeah, but that's the Champions League, bro. Yeah, madness. That's that's the end of the season, you know. The prizes are divided, the games are decided. I can't believe it. And Ajax could still get it all. 
Yeah. They could still get it all. The treble. The treble. Six, Man, wins, away. Only, Six only, wins away. Six wins away. Six wins away. It's only Ajax and Barcelona that can still win a treble. Can Barcelona win it? Yeah. I They're in the so. cup still. Yeah, I think so. Copa del Rey. Copa del Rey. Let's look that up. Oh my God, we got our assistants looking it up right Jamie, now. Jamie, can you get it up real quick? Yeah, the finals, Barcelona versus Valencia. Okay, yeah, they're probably going to win that. Wait, Valencia can still <laughs> you, do the you know, double. You know Valencia. I'm aware about Valencia. They could still get the European, European, mm, uh, mm, Europa League. Valencia boys this year. Chelsea playing Eintracht Frankfurt, always a tough one. <laughs> oh, oh man, I'm tough. not looking forward to that. Rebic, dangerous up front. Jovic, Haller. They're looking at our You're team. The like, these boys are weak. Uh, Man, everyone's just figured us out. I've realized it. Like, you know, because at the start of the season, we were doing pretty well. We were like top of the league for a while. And yeah, then it just yeah. all fell I apart. I remember you talking to some guy, like, oh, we might win the league. This year. <laughs> oh, we might win the league. You know? I did say that for a month and a half. Yeah, yeah, that was me. <laughs> but then everyone figured out that Jorginho is a little bitch. If you just stick a man on him for the whole game, he just crumbles. Stick a man on Hazard, and we don't have a team all of a sudden. And then you just got to fucking look at David uh, Luiz a bit funny, and then he just falls over. I think uh, we got to save most of the sports talk for the Ball Talk. Ball Talk, Ball Talk, check it out. <laughs> ball Talk podcast. Episode four just recorded. It was lit. Episode five. Episode, episode five. five. Oh, man, we've been putting them out there. Prolific. We've been putting them out there. Check it out. Check it out. Um, of course, there we talk also about Ajax, but more about Champions League in general. Indeed. Ufa Radio, we've been doing, we've been doing great. A lot of diversification. We've has been, been doing occurring. great, man. Yeah. Geluk Zucker podcast still going, still Geluk going. Zucker podcast. It's actually the best podcast jingle Ufa, since fucking Ufa Radio. Ufa Radio. Soon we'll have a jingle as well, and we will all be professionals and podcast millionaires. But until that time, we will talk about other Until that time, we people. tell people we need to buy stickers when there are no stickers coming. <laughs> until that time, we need to talk about other people, uh, mainly politicians. Politics, mainly Beckham. English politicians. Have you heard the big news? Uh, the picture. The big story. I've known about so the story. So, Nicola Sturgeon, not to be confused with uh, Nicola Sturgeon, <laughs> who's the doctor downstairs. She... <laughs> She's the Premier of Scotland. Yeah. The leader. Yeah. And leader of leader the SNP. SNP. Yeah. Exactly. The Scottish Nationalist Party. And they campaigned very heavily for Scottish, Scottish independence back they in 2014. Like a seventh of the British Parliament? Yeah, like they've that? got like 54 seats, so around about that. Yeah. They've got nearly all the seats in Scotland, but Scotland only has about an eighth of yeah. the British population. Um, so, yeah, they were all very much against Brexit. And they voted voted overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly, I'm gonna look at the stats real quick. So Scotland voted leave 38%, remain 62%, which is a fucking insane margin. And the vote they had, it's a 24 I think the percent margin. Two years before Scotland had the referendum on independence, and it was uh, voted out. They it voted close, against though. it. What what were the margins? I think it was like 55, 45. Okay, yeah, that's I think around there. Um, yeah, it was 55.3 to stay, 54, no, 44.7 to leave. Yeah, but really um, the kind the of margin which would probably be different if there would actually be this very different yeah, scenario exactly. of Britain leaving That was literally the main argument for everyone who was saying stay, is that no, we actually have a pretty all right deal with Britain, we have a good relationship here, 
And if, if, if the they EU. would leave Britain during the EU, exactly. it would take years. Right? It would take years. It's not a guarantee. Maybe a new government comes in who says, nah, fuck Scotland. Relationships could sour. You never know what's going to happen in those situations. So they voted for stability, which I think is 100% the right thing to do. But now with Brexit, and you have this situation where Scotland does not want this. And all these MPs are there who wanted independence in the first place, but they had to swallow, you know, unity, which is okay. And now the whole reason why they stayed is going out the window for no fucking reason. So now Nicola Sturgeon has come out yesterday in Parliament and announced that she wants another referendum for Scottish independence. It seems like she really waited for this for quite a while. She's waited a while, and I have a lot of respect for that because she's actually been an important part of rallying MPs against Brexit. Obviously not enough, but it was like... There's only so much she can do. I think they they kind of always were waiting for this moment, (laughs) and they kind of liked it as well that this was happening because they knew it was going to make their call for independence a lot stronger. Oh, of course. And I feel and like I don't, I don't Sturg- hold that against her, but it's that's the political reality. Nicola Sturgeon does really want independence. Oh, 100%. Yeah. She, she does wants really to want be the first ever she, since fucking... Who's that guy? Braveheart. She wants to be the new fucking Braveheart of Scotland. <laughs> she Mel could Gibson. pull it off, man. I feel like she could gonna... easily pull it off. I think um, she will. And she but this referendum, it's, it's probably not going to happen until Brexit is official. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's like a long time, long term... Uh, long-term project it's funny man she said scots for scots to rush into an immediate decision before a brexit path has been determined would not allow for an informed choice to be made true yeah so it's basically just saying that this whole waiting process all of this we've just had enough of it so i think it's it's putting some pressure on british politicians to do something because if this happens scotland leave that's a fucking disaster man and what's what's the worst part about it is that if they actually get it through before Brexit happens, and if but they get, they're they're not planning to do that. They're not planning to finalize that or have a second referendum before, uh, before the Brexit goes through. They want to have it as soon as possible. Yeah. Okay. But as soon as possible is still not going to be twenty nineteen. Yeah. This is the thing. Though, Brexit that will be resolved in some way in twenty nineteen. Downing Street, when they heard about this. Their official response was, as we have been repeatedly clear, Scotland has already had an independence referendum in 2014 and voted decisively to remain in the UK. This should be respected. So again, the government's like, no, we had a referendum. Can't yeah. change things now. It's yeah. Fuck off. But the things change. The crazy part is that if these Scottish votes leave, that takes the Brexit vote for the whole of the UK from being a pretty clear what would be a pretty clear victory right for Remain to now like straight up 50-50 like it was last time. Because fucking Scotland actually understands that the EU is important. Why, yeah. why do you think that is? I think the main reason is that UKIP hasn't targeted Scotland as much. There's more unity there. They all go behind the SNP. Even if like they don't necessarily support independence so much, they just back the SNP because they know the SNP genuinely care about Scotland and represent Scottish interests. Not necessarily just independence, but everything that helps Scottish people. Do you think this whole feeling of of Britain, you know, ruling the world and being the best country in the world that can do everything by themselves is just not very present as well in Scotland? definitely not. No, they all, like, Scottish people hate British people. Not hate, but, you know, when England are playing a match, yeah, like in the World Cup, everybody in Scotland... Roots against them. Yeah, 100%, which is kind of weird when you think about it. Why? Because England... 
Because they're technically the same country. Yeah, well, but they do have different football teams. They've got different football teams. They have a different national party. For example, if I was watching Scotland play in the World Cup or Wales back in the Euros three years ago, I was supporting Wales every step of the way. Yeah, okay, but it's a different relationship. Exactly, but that's the thing is that we're English. We don't have anything against them because we conquered them, you know, and incorporated them into our nation with our capital. I see Nicholas Sturgeon also went to Glasgow University. Good girl. She's quite a woman. I think she she's going to pull it off. You think they're going to get independence? Um, yeah, I think so. I've always said that Scotland was going to be the newest country in the 21st century. What about South Sudan? Yeah, after, after the last South country. Sudan, Montenegro, yeah. and East Timor. It's going to be Scotland. Yeah, But yeah, the odds now. are definitely against that this referendum is going to happen this year. I think it's 6.5 to 1 um, of it to happen this year. <laughs> There's also the chance of a United Ireland referendum before uh, January 21st is 7.5 to 1. Really not... That could easily happen. Really not that uh, unlikely. Hey, if that happens, saying. we're looking at the Troubles V2. Hmm? You know about the Troubles? Yeah, That's yeah. what they call the Civil War in Ireland. Maybe you should explain it a little bit. So, yeah, the Troubles were a very troubling time in Ireland, as the name would suggest. They were a 30-year-long conflict from 1968 to 1999, and it was basically between the Catholics of the Republic of Ireland and the Protestants of Northern Ireland. And obviously this country has been divided along religious lines for centuries, imposed by the British when they colonized it. And yeah, in the 60s, there became a large movement called the IRA, the Irish Republican Army, who wanted to reunite Ireland. Um, and because there was a lot of Catholics in Northern Ireland who also wanted to, you know, fuck off from the UK, reunite with the boys down south and have that be that. Because obviously, you know, you have one nationality, one island split up into two countries. It doesn't really make any sense. And everybody knew it was just a remnant of the British colonialism, which they hated. So yeah, you had 30 years of terrorist attacks, fighting British troops, fighting IRA members. And it was all pretty fucked. And if you lived in Belfast or on a border town, um, Donegal, which is the province in the north of Ireland, which is a part of the Republic of Ireland, everything there was fucked. Everything along the border was fucked. And it was... It's, it took a lot to get an agreement worked out, but they did get an agreement in 1998 with the Good Friday Agreements. And yeah, after that, we've had a soft border um, between the two nations. So now that was actually the reason why the deal that Theresa May got was so problematic is because the EU said they wouldn't budge on the backstop. And everyone always talks about the backstop, but that's basically just the EU saying, no, we're not going to have a hard border. So that means that free trade has to continue which means that it's not a real brexit which is what everyone was causing issue with but yeah that was uh, the troubles what what is the timeline as of now uh is it just gonna take the timeline as again? of now is they're now renegotiating a compromise between labor and the government yeah if they can reach a compromise deal which i highly doubt then MPs are going to vote on it. If they reject it, um, it says process unclear, which is just a, a nice fucking which is two-word summary for this whole how thing. It's been for a while. And then if it are passes, there going to be general elections? Do you think? 
It's honestly, it's so tiring now. For a while, I was like, this is exciting. Now it's just sad. Yeah. It's like an emotional roller coaster. I really thought it was going to be done for a while. It's not. It's been, it's coming up three years now, man. It's becoming like a part of my psyche. It's, it's just, it's been on my mind for a while. But I can imagine for you, it's been on your mind in a different way. I gotta think about applying for a visa and shit. Yeah, you get all these letters, right? I get letters from Dutch government. (laughs) No, no, you got me stupid. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of our cool country, bro. (laughs) Enjoy being unemployed. Enjoy having water for breakfast. (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. Oh, water's pretty cool. Water is the most nutrition drink out there. Water, water, water. Shout out to water. Shout out to water, man. Did you ever wake up at 3 a.m. and you're so thirsty for the water, you feel like a hoe for the water. I feel like a slut for I'm the water. I'm such a slut for water, man. I I'm love so being thirsty. A slut for the water, bro. God, I think about water sometimes. Without water, we would be nowhere. Man, Sh- shout without... out to that album by Mick Jenkins, The Waters. Shout out to uh, that water sculpture in the school that might or might not still be there. And it's very representative of life on planet Earth and the fragility of life. Talking about life on planet Earth. The American elections. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Joe Biden announced today that he's going to run for president. Creepy Uncle Joe. Creepy Uncle Joe. He went from working class Joe, Uncle Joe, to Creepy Uncle Joe. So he's Creepy Uncle. I don't actually know about all the sexual assault allegations. What is that? Well, I haven't speak, spoken to the women as well, but there's there's allegations. What kind of sexual assault are we talking about? There's allegations. We talking Louis, Louis, what's his face? Louis C.K.? Or we talking? <laughs> I think Michael Louis Jackson. C.K. was a bit of a Louis C.K. was interesting. <laughs> a, bit, a bit of a unique, uh, unique case. Yeah, you can't. I, you I think can't Joe Biden. Uh, I think it's more touching, uh-huh. inappropriate touching, and yeah. So, not the most extreme uh, allegation, I guess. Creepy so Uncle Joe. In that sense, I do. I do think he's gonna get away with that. It's just not enough to really tarnish his reputation. He's not. He's not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah, man. we're not he's, talking about. He's really just a fucking shill. He was one of the people. You who really made, hate Joe Biden. Man, I hate Joe Biden. I hate Joe Biden more than any other Democratic candidate running right now. You have you have a really big field, and there's quite a few who are decently left wing. Obviously, Bernie so Sanders. Bernie is Sanders the best. is the favorite. Right is now. my favorite. One to six point five. Thing is, you know, he's the favorite on the betting sites because the betting sites actually know what the fuck they're talking about. But if you go on mainstream media in America. Nobody is accepting that Bernie Sanders is the front runner, despite the fact that he has the biggest fan base, he's raised the most amount of money, he's got the name recognition, he's already fucking run and nearly won based on nothing. He's run twice, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought last time was his first time. No, he's, uh, he's run twice, um, but we'll talk about that a bit more another time. Yeah, but Joe Biden, the reason why he's so bad, and everyone kind of got this opinion of him from Obama, that he was just this kind of nice fatherly figure who was just cute and funny. And in the same way that everybody was very superficial in how they looked at the Obama administration and Obama in general, they looked at Joe Biden like that. It was like, oh yeah, he's just a nice guy. But really the main problem with what Obama did and his policies was they were just watered down by the Republicans and they just got fucking spanked in the Senate and everywhere. And they had this, they had a supermajority at one point at the start of Obama's presidency. And Joe Biden was one of the people who kept on telling Obama, nah, bro, you got to fucking reach across the aisle. We have to compromise. You have to compromise. And when you compromise with the Republicans, especially those Republicans who were in power 10 years ago, they were fucking evil, man. 
They were the ones who nerfed Obamacare, who made all the economic deals that we had just fall through. All the reformers that followed the financial crisis, they were the ones that made them soft. And Biden was the one who sat back and let it happen. And he always goes into speeches now and rails about, you know, how he's so pragmatic and how he's, you know, a centrist. He just openly says I'm a centrist, which in America means you're right wing. And he's just, he has like an aversion to any left wing policies. He comes out and calls Bernie Sanders, you know, a dreamer and the, oh, it's really cute saying these things, but it's never going to happen. He's just fucking fake. And yeah, and he says he gets all this stick for, you know, being too much of a Republican, but really he just makes things happen. You know, all these other politicians, they don't actually get things done. It's like, you're just doing what they want, man. But yeah, I don't back him. And I'm sure everyone in the mainstream American media right now is saying, Biden's running, it's done, he's the favorite. He's going to be out, I reckon, after the fifth or sixth state. So in he's going to fucking cave, man. In the polling, he, he is ahead of Sanders. Yeah. Like the Ipsos polls. Um, he's, he's not, yeah, ahead by, by like 10% point, like 30 to 20. It's just very divided as, at the moment still. There's... um. A lot of division. It's still so so far out, but I think Biden's announcement really really does kickstart it and really really makes it into a run right now. Yeah, what I I'm actually quite happy that he's running though, despite how much I hate him, because he's gonna split the establishment vote. So what you're gonna see in this Democratic election is the vote being split between the real progressives, uh, which is Kirsten Gillibrand, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, maybe one other I can't remember, and then the establishment people, some of which, like Joe Biden, are openly saying, I'm a centrist. I'm trying to, you know, work with everyone. I'm bipartisan. Like, fuck you, Joe. And then you've got Cory Booker, um, Kamala Harris, who are kind of trying to pretend to be progressive, but they're still not really, and a couple others. So it's really split down the middle. And I think the Democratic base has moved a lot more to the left, and they're a lot more informed now. So there's going to be more votes going to them. But the fact now that you have Joe Biden in the establishment camp, means that the vote's going to be even more split there. Yeah. And people yeah. are just going to go, oh, you know, you're going to get 40% Joe Biden, 30% Cory Booker, 20% um, Kamala Harris out of that block, which is already going to be smaller than the other block. So that should be good. We shall see. It's, um, it's a nice distraction from daily life. Yeah. And um, not, not necessarily... Uh, a funny distraction like uh, like football can be these days um serious business man this this presidential election i'm convinced is probably the most important one yeah i i think it in may, I, I think it could be the most important one since the 30s because i've, I've heard it, a lot of americans you know a lot of americans of course who are in europe studying here mainly they always tell me you know Trump being elected is not necessarily a bad thing, you know, yeah. if we respond well. Exactly, if it, man. I've been if saying it shows, that for years. If it shows that we are able to get change and, and if we if really shake up, the, shake the right up things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to happen. Uh, I'm always very this, this pessimistic is why it's about so these crucial things. Because we're at a turning point right now where China is really starting to get their shit together and established dominance over a lot, over many parts of the world, where America used to be the only superpower. And you've got China with no fucking freedom whatsoever. And if you look at the human rights charts about 
the freedom in China. Yeah. All these different criteria that they rank countries on based on how good they are with human rights. China's fucking dead last in some of these criteria, man. It's ridiculous. Like, because not yeah. only not only is there no democracy in China or freedom of speech, but they're actually one of the only countries in the world which actively enforce those policies and are, and are able to enforce those policies. Like you might say, you know, in Vietnam or in, um, I don't know, other very authoritarian states, they say these same things as well. Like you can't speak out against the government, you yeah. can't, you know, search certain things, but they have no way of enforcing it because they don't have the monopoly on technology. China has the face recognition. Yeah. They can, They've they got can the resources track you down. to fucking do these You'll horrible get text. things. You'll get a text, you have a fine, you know, if you cross a red light. Man. Because they've seen it. Bro, people are so scared there. People are genuinely scared. When they go to a bar with friends, they're scared to talk about politics. The guy who I met in China was telling me about this, that him and his, some of his guy friends talk about politics. And whenever they do, they put their phones in their bag and put the bag away from the table. Yeah, I mean, Imagine you, that. You have, to be, yeah, you have to be scared of your phone. You, you know the Tiananmen Square protest, right? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, on the day that that happened, I think it started on April 15th. It was recent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like 10 days ago. Um, I don't, so they do, a, you know, people do remember it, but, you know, it, they're saying it didn't happen, right? Chinese government says it doesn't happen, so yeah. there's not really anything to remember. Um, so it's like really one of the weirdest memorial days because officially all these people are memor <laughs> remembering something that did not happen. Yeah. People still have, go to, to remember service. Yeah, they have to acknowledge that it didn't happen. I fucking hate China so yeah, much. Yeah, it did happen. I'm going to Don't China this summer. Chinese culture is banging. Chinese food's banging. Chinese people are some of the loveliest, the most friendly I've ever met. But the Chinese government can suck out. I fucking hate those people. And the fact now that they're getting so much power and America's power is declining by the minute and also the amount of perceived power they have, legitimacy... In kind of being oh the interdependence yeah of course. exactly that's of course. Trump is just fucking delegitimizing their power every minute and people always talk about how fucked America is you know but really they're the sole superpower and they promote freedom and democracy so yeah. you don't you don't yeah. really want that to change democracy. you don't want to have a situation where America has no power and it's only China who can dictate world geopolitics because guess what then we're not going to have fucking democracy in 150 years. We'll that's see not going to that. win that's, out. That's not a prediction I'm willing to endorse. I'm just saying, it's a scary time. And the fact that we have all these new technological advancements now as well, automation, we need to have a president for the next eight years who's going to do all the right things and who's going to strengthen Europe, strengthen America, strengthen the West. The West! Speaking of West... Kanye West. Oh my God. You know, we just added a new segment to the Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. The Wheel, wheel of Steel. The Wheel of Steel. Oh my God. Should we spin the wheel? Wait. Oh my God. I forgot to introduce this segment of the show. This is, of course, ladies and gents, the moment you've all been waiting for. I'm, of course, talking about T1. Tin attacks. Triple threat. Top but today, 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 it might not be a top three. Would you care to spin the wheel, my good friend? Uh, uh, it's spinning right now. Oh my god! It's spinning right now. It's spinning. Bro. It's uh, uh. <laughs> oh my god! Uh. 
No, don't tell me. Don't tell me this is what I think it Bro, is. Bro, it landed on the exact one that we just put in today. How weird is that? There's like 150 different segments on this There's wheel. There's like 2,000 what options the on this fuck? wheel. What the fuck? Yet, it's, it is already one That's we, bad we talked about That's 30 bad seconds weird. ago. What the fuck? So today we're going to have a top five of best Kanye West songs. Why are we doing a top five, Timon? Because it's impossible to make it. It's impossible. Team. It is. I have tried it. I have tried it. Like, this is something that seriously keeps me up at night, every other <laughs> night. And, you know, I think there, I'm thinking there for hours, like, fuck, what's the best Kanye West song? And, you know, there's a few which are always up there. But, you know, then, then he made Kitsy Ghost again. And then there's all these songs that meant so much to me. And sometimes I do that when I can't sleep, which I have to leave out. It's like mental debates you do to help you sleep. Sometimes I do it with who's the greatest Chelsea legend of all time. Frank Lampard, Didier Drogba, or John Terry. And it's a, there's never a clear winner, man. Nah, man. There's never a clear winner. It's like the Licht, the Young, and Tadic. On the bike. <laughs> Who'd you pick, man? And then you got Veltman to think about. It's like, Veltman. oh, fuck. Veltman. Shout out Ziyech. Got to have Ziyech in the there, whole team. <laughs> Got to have Ziyech in there. Showing a legend, been there for seven, and eight years. You know how I realized, you know who's pissed? Davy Klaassen. <laughs> He's pissed. <laughs> Man, you know it's pissed, Justin Clifford. <laughs> oh, he's so pissed. Oh, my God. When there was an article on, on the spell, oh. it was like, at the start of the next game, we're going to have a minute of laughing at Justin Clifford's <laughs> career, career choices. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's been okay that he's not here. I think it would actually disrupt... Uh, the flow. The flow, and they're very yeah. stable starting 11 they have now. Cause he it's, would, like, it's like how when Coutinho left, it actually made Liverpool better. Exactly. Can't it's a very similar situation. So, mate, we don't want to deal very like that in the changing room, bro. There's no room for those egos. But it would have been so poetic if he scored in the Champions League final like his dad. Oh, my God. It would have been way too poetic, man. I would have loved if he was on the bench and we also brought him in like with 15 minutes to go. Because he was... Patrick Clavert also came in like 19-year-old, you know, with 10 minutes to go. He scored in the Champions League final. In the last minute. In one of the last minutes. Yeah, yeah. 95. I didn't know it was like that. It was like, right at the end. Was it to make it 1-0? Yeah, man. Patrick Clifford. Um, Imagine being 19 years old. and Oh, my God. He must have fucking, must have taken him a good 15 years to go over that. Uh, <laughs> no, he had a good career after that. All right, man. Let's get down to business. Let's Kanye talk about West. a man with the best career in music. The best of the 21st West. 21st century. Kanye West. So, um, personally, I always like to talk about albums. Um, but today we will not because we're only going to talk about songs and there's not really a reason for that. Um, I'm also not that much of a Kanye expert. I am an enthusiast. Timon is a diehard fan. I would call myself an expert. Definitely. I've only really listened to the first two albums extensively. Kanye West has meant a lot for me in my life. I can see that. Man. <laughs> a lot of it shines through in your personality. He, he has meant a lot to me, really. Is he... I started listening to Graduation when it came out, um, I think a year later, I think that was 2010, so I was um, 12, and then I started listening to his older albums, so back then he only had uh, Late Registration and College Dropout, then yeah, I watched The Throne and My Beautiful Dark Twist Fancy came out, Yeezus came out, uh, 808 Heartbreakers. Um, Anyway, I'm getting off track, man. I could, talk about, I could talk about this for years. Let's get down to business. What's your first song? So Let's do it one each one at a time. This is a top five, but it's in no particular order. Um, but I'm going to start with um, a song from his first album, 
to have it in some chronological order. So it's going to be the last song from the first album, which last is call. Last Call. I'm also going to put that in my top five. This is the Last Call for Alcohol. alcohol. Man, this song... At the end, he really it's talks insane, about man. his life and how he I got... I swear it's like a nine-minute long song. No, man, it's like 20. 20? It's like 15 minutes, yeah, at least. I listened to it the other day and I was like, this is super long. Oh, yeah, yeah. You start... And over half of it is just him telling a story about how he got the album made. Because Kanye's story of his first album is pretty mad. He was a producer for Jay-Z and a few other people, and he wanted to be a rapper desperately. Yeah, it's like 13 minutes. Yeah, and he really just kept on plugging this and was saying to all these yeah. rappers who he was working with, hey, I, I got some raps as well. I, wa I want to be a rapper. Everyone's like, shut the fuck up and make the beats, man. Shut yeah. up. And he was getting shut down, shut down. It took him well, years. Just, li just listen to Last Call, really. Uh, yeah, it, just it tells to the full story. Call. Yeah, He tells his story. It's a beautiful song. It's very cool to hear him talk about it as well, especially if you know like what he has become. Because back then, you know, if you if you look at interviews from him, it's, it's quite cute as well. You know, he's telling, you know, Right before his first album came out, he's like, man, my album is going to be top of the chart, best album ever. But if it's not going to be this album, then the next or the next, you know, you know, he did. He did not have the confirmation of his his self-confidence yeah. yet. Right. He was he did have the self-confidence, but it only will grow into this extreme level if you get it confirmed yeah. all the time. And back then he didn't have confirmed because people really did not expect him to be a good rapper. They just thought he was a good producer. Yeah. Uh, but he he goes into it on last call and it just has to be in the top songs always. It's also a very because this just album. him. This this song is really him explaining himself. But the song itself at is, the time, there's barely any other songs like that where it's just somebody talking and telling just a normal story, and he's like, yeah, and then this happened, and I was talking to Talib Kweli, and then I did this and did that, and it's like it's still a song. Yeah, there's still, still a beat, right? It's there's still, still a not beat. like meant to be a song. It's just him telling the story and they put a lovely beat but over it. But it has been done, like J. Cole did it as well, right? At the end oh, yeah. of Forest Hill. He's like, I'm going to do a Kanye. And then oh, he I starts see. talking. It's like a, it's like an end credits, basically, for a, for an album. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what J. Cole called it as well. It's that's like this, These are the credits, you know, true fans uh, sit through the entire movie. That's mm. what he called it. And I, well, I, I, I think that. that's very cool. Um, next song, what are we saying? Next song... Um, I actually have no songs on air from uh, late registration and also no songs from graduation. Um, so the next one is then going to be Runaway. Runaway. Runaway from uh, My Beautiful Dark Twist Fantasy. It's uh, very often called the Bohemian Rhapsody of Rap. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's called that by uh, Cole Kushner from the Dissect podcast. It's an insane song. It's like eight to nine minutes, I think. Uh, features Pusha T. Um, it's really a kind of song that had not ever been done uh, in rap music, I think. Uh, also in length and uh, how the music develops throughout the song. Um, it's a very unique song and I just love him for doing those kind of things and really pushing the boundaries of rap music. And that's that's why I like Kanye. That, that's really what I love about his music as well. He, he keeps on pushing the boundaries. It's what he does in 808 Heartbreakers. What he does on Jesus, and and he's still doing it now. That's the mad thing. He's still like relevant with the trap scene. Oh yeah, linking up with all these eighteen, nineteen-year-old trap artists from the south, and making their music really good. And he doesn't he doesn't just dismiss trap music like a lot of rappers from ten, fifteen years ago. You go, oh no, it's just a phase. This is bullshit. It's mumble rap. He fucking listens to it, 
finds the people who are good and goes, no, I'm going to make your shit professional now. By the way, I said graduation came out in 2010, came out in 2007. Oh, bro, you shit. Yeah, but that means I've been listening to him longer yeah. than I thought. I can only really talk about college dropout a lot. But what I would say, man, one of the interludes on that, I think the school spirit skits that he has <laughs> near the end. I love those, man. Oh, I, I remember really, I, I remember like, going to school listening to those. Like, yeah. fuck, what am I doing with my life? Exactly, man. Like, I, I really feel those fucking songs. He has these skits about... Like, and then in the middle of it, he has school going spirit. To, someone going to school with... With his dad, because his dad just keeps on being in school, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he will inherit all his degrees from his dad. Yeah. No money, but he's going to be the smartest. You know what's going to keep me warm at night? My degrees. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> My degrees will keep me satisfied. And I'll be dead in the ground, but I'll be the smartest dead guy ever, bro. <laughs> It's uh, it's a funny perspective, really, on the. It's a song that on the college culture. You have in between it the actual song, school spirit, either side of it, the skits. And that whole kind of five minute long segment of the Bro, album. Dylan, just to get yeah. By. Is that yeah, that's it, yeah. Your money till you get sky That speaks anyway, to me anyway. so much. Maybe because I'm a bit of a wrong one. Um so I actually did the my chronological order a bit wrong because now I'm gonna talk about Pinocchio Story, which is from eight oh eight Heartbreakers, which obviously came out before Runaway on My Beautiful Dark Just Fantasy. Um so this is from eight oh eight Heartbreaker, Pinocchio Story. And he talks about how his life is, you know, not real and uh, how everybody is just uh, not taking him serious as a person. And he's just a celebrity and how, how he's just like Pinocchio, right? Mm. Uh, who's also a puppet who wants to be a real boy, but he's not a real boy. You know, he's just an artist. And it's it, on the album, they put the live version in Singapore, I think. And it's very cool because you have all the time. Like him really saying his emotions and then you just have, you know, Singaporean kids screaming in the background. And they did really put the, the audience sound in there yeah. in a very, very good way. Uh, and it really, I, I think it really, to me, tells how Kanye just changed from, from like a boy from Chicago who likes music into this very bipolar, super narcissistic kind of guy who just craves the attention but also not um and i think this song really shows how he has changed and where he really expresses the feeling of of how how it, how he was able to change mm. um i don't know to me it's just really shows next song what are you saying i don't know it just really shows how, how nobody wants to take him serious yeah as a person we don't want to take famous people serious as people, right? We just want to keep be entertained. We by just the want scandals. to kind of think about them in a nice, easy way. Yeah, I not think, in a way that really views them as people. I think Taylor Swift just happened as well. That that whole whole oh shenanigan. God, that was amazing. Okay, so Beyonce then, made one of the best music videos all time. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> uh, so the next one is actually not from an album. It's a song that came out on uh, January first. As a surprise song, Only One. It's a song about his uh, Kanye talking from the perspective of his dead mother towards him. Um, it's a very, very happy song, actually. So it talks about, like, you asked for an angel, and look at you, you got two, right? Because he was married happily, and he has a kid now. Mm. At the time, he had two, uh, one kid. Um, so it's actually a very, very, very happy song. Uh, which one? It's a when, beautiful which song. album? No, it's not from an album. 
Was it just released recently? It, no. Like five years ago, six years ago. Um, only one. Who's his second kid called? You got Northwest and... You got Nori and uh, something else. I don't know. There's really not the stuff I... I uh, keep track of. Um, but to me, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy, beautiful song. And um, I really hoped after that that he would, um, uh, I don't know, have like an album which was very, very happy. Uh, but in the end... I think the next one might be. If you, anything... Uh, if you, if, if you look at what he's or anything doing recently, he might make like a super happy... He went to Africa to record. Jazz, gospel. I could see a lot of funky y- Yandy, Afro Yandy is kind of a... Kind of a savior, kind of kind of happy kind yeah. of guy. I don't think it's gonna be depressing. I think he's also in a much better place now than he has been previously. I think he does has has accepted his Who mental state as yeah. well. Um, so finally, it's my uh, to top off the top five. It's gonna be um, Saint Pablo, um, which is uh, the last song also from. Uh, uh, the life of the Pablo. Life of Pablo. Uh, Saint is actually, by the way, the the name of his other kid. Ah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking kind. So many references. So man. Saint Pablo. It's I, like the Avengers. Saint Pablo to me is always the sequel to Last Call, where he really um goes yeah to talk about his life again, um, but now he has succeeded. Yeah. Like you know, in Last Call, he was still figuring it out, and now he has these lines like. Uh, that time cover that time cover was just confirmation this generation closest thing to Einstein so don't worry about me I'm fine oh it's like here he has had the confirmation and he's really turned into this this guy who really sees himself above everything and you have the chorus by Sanfa which yeah, really man. kills it uh, it must be nuts fucking spending a good few years banging on about how you're the greatest musician of all time or you know the greatest musician of the 21st century and then in many ways, he has been the greatest musician of the 21st century. Most influential, I guess. I honestly think he's been the best musician of the 21st century. Yeah. And then having all of that, so like going from the point of like, because most of these musicians who become big, they never like intended to go as big as they became. They were just making music. It was fun. You know, they knew they were good and they get to that stage and it's kind of like, like, wow, this is crazy. Kanye fully wanted this desperately knew it was going to happen and then it happened and then what do you do once you're in that stage because you can't just deal with the normal surprise of being a global superstar he wanted it and it happened it, like yeah i can i can actually see where that god complex comes from <laughs> i am a god he's man, not we didn't even we didn't even that. talk about jesus man we didn't even talk about jesus i think we should actually do a full hour long Kanye podcast at some stage. Man, I could have like a 10-hour series. Oh, bro, you know so much. Anyway, anyway, shout out to Kanye. Shout, shout out, out to Kid Seagos, Kid Cudi, Kanye West. That's also out, one of my favorite shout projects. Shout out to Matthias De Licht, Eric Den Haag. Shout out to Nicholas Sturgeon for fucking up the bass a little bit. Shout out to Nicholas Cage for still keeping it real. Oh my God. Shout out Jenna. Shout out to Amsterdam. Shout out to the Hanuk Sukkot Podcast. Shout out to Getting Sixes, episode number... 17. 17, oh my god. You know who else is number 17? Mateo Kovacic. Who's a piece of shit. Kovacic. Alright, to end it on one last note. Pop quiz question, Kovacic. What does... What does it mean? In Croatian. Yeah. 
corruption. If I tell you it means the same as Ferrero. Is this one of Defrem's fucking fucked up pub quiz questions? No, it's it's my own. It's your it's own. My own. Ferrero. Ferrari. So, no. For for alligator. Ferrero, Kovacic, Smith. All means the same. Oh my god. You got me. Kovac. Ajax coach 72, 73. Alright, getting sixes. Thank you. We out. Thank you. Uber Radio. Woo.